We began a series last week that I call Drift, and we got that from our text in Hebrews chapter number two. It's the only time that this word is used in the, in the Bible, and just helps us, I think, gain some perspective on what can happen to us if we're not, what we talked about last week, if we're not paying attention. It's found in Hebrews 2, and we looked at that verse in verse number 1. It tells us this in Hebrews 2. It says, for this reason, for this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift from it. And so he's just, the, the context is that we need to pay attention to the message of, of God, the message of Jesus, that Jesus is supreme, that Jesus is superior, and that Jesus' plan is the best plan that anyone can, put their, anyone can put their faith in and their trust in. And so he says, we need to pay attention. We need to hold on to that. That needs to be an anchor for us. And we need to pay much closer attention. If we don't, we're going to find ourselves drifting. We're going to find ourselves drifting away. And so we've sort of come around this statement. And the statement is that we must anchor our lives to the authority of God's word. We must anchor our lives to the authority of God's word, lest the ship of life drift past the truth of what we heard. And so we need, that's our anchor, the authority of God's word. That's our anchor. That's our context. That's the, the way that we should structure our lives and give our lives framework is, is based on God's word. And when we do that, that's our anchor. When we do that, we're not going to find ourselves drifting away. And so the idea of a, paying attention, and we, in English, we, we say pay attention, but in Hebrew, attention is something that you set your heart to. You set your heart to. And so we, what we do is this, is that we, whatever, you know, we lock into, whatever becomes, you know, the authority in our life, whatever becomes something that is most valuable or most important, Jesus called it our treasure, that wherever our treasure is, then our heart will follow. So wherever your treasure, whatever it is the most important thing in your life, that's where your heart will be. And so he's telling us that we need to set our hearts. We need to you know, set our hearts to the attention of, of what it is that we find most valuable in our life. We need to set our hearts to something that we're, what God deems is most valuable in our lives. And so we talked about, you know, the idea of neglect. You know, when, when we neglect things, that's what causes us to drift. That's just the world that we live in. We live in a world of, of brokenness, of, de, of decay. And so when you neglect something, that's what's going to happen. It's going to decay. It's going to deteriorate. It's going to, you know, it's going to cause you to be where you never thought you would be in your, in your life and in your walk with God. And we talked about distractions, and there's all sorts of distractions, isn't there, in this world? There's all sorts of different ways in which the enemy will leverage us to be distracted from what is most important, and that will cause us to drift away. And so we must, we must pay much closer attention so that we don't drift away from what we've heard. We don't drift away from what is true. We got to pay attention. So today we're going to talk about something that I think is the most valuable thing that we have. More than money, more than anything else. That we, this is, I think, the most valuable thing that we have. That we must pay closer attention to our time. Isn't time the most valuable thing that we have, especially that you're older now? You realize how valuable time is. For loved ones, we pay, we pay money in order for us to have more time. And whenever time ends on somebody that we love, we always say, it was never 
enough, right? It doesn't matter if they, you know, live until, you know, they're a hundred. You always feel like, especially those that you, you know, those people that you love, you always feel like it just wasn't enough time. I wish we had more time. Isn't that true? Now, um, a few days, uh, about a week ago, um, my kids, I took my kids to uh, PetSmart uh, because my daughter, Sarah, uh, she was turning 10, and she said, Dad, she goes, I just want, um, and this is her words, not mine, Dad, I just want a living creature. I just want a living creature. And, you know, that could range a lot, you know, a lot. And, you know, that can range, you know, so she says, I just want, like, a, some sort of pet, a living creature. And so I said, all right, um, how, about a, how about a fish? I, we, we, can, we can, you know, handle, handle a fish. She said, oh, that's, that would be great. That would be great. So we went to PetSmart, and we walked around, and we had some, you know, somebody help us out, make sure that we got a, you know, a tank and a filter and a, you know, it, it, just, it started adding up. I'm like, I thought we were just buying a fish in a bowl here. Like, like no, sir, you're going to need this. You're going to need that. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe we won't get a living creature at all. And so we, I'm like, all right, all right. She's like, it was my birthday. And you know, I was like, oh, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. So we, we got all the things that we needed. And so the guy who said, you know, my kids are with me. And so the guy like kind of pulls me over to the side. And he's like, sir, um, you're going to have to prepare this for like 24 hours before you put fish in there. I'm like, what is going on? So I have to tell my, my kids, you know, that we have to prepare. So we can't get a fish today. We have to wait, you know, to, to come back tomorrow and get one. And so, you know, that was interesting conversation. And so we, uh, you know, took the tank home, took the, put it all together, you know, and, and uh, you know, got the water prepared and put the stuff in to kill the chlorine or whatever. You, maybe if you know fish, you know what I'm talking about. And so we did all that, and then we went back the next day, and we got four fish. Now, I was, we had in mind a couple different kinds of fish. And so we ended up talking with this one girl, you know, and she was like the fish whisperer, man. I mean, she knew everything about fish. And so I'm like, well, we want these kinds of fish. And she said, sir, she almost chuckled. You can't have those, those kinds of fish. If you only got, you know, this size of tank, you can't, you can't buy these fish. And I'm like... Well, the guy yesterday told me I can buy these fish, and she said, I don't, I don't know why he told you that, but you, you can't buy these kinds of fish. And she sort of points at some other fish, some guppy fish, and she says, you can have these fish. I go, these fish are like minnows. I don't want a minnow. Like, she's like, they'll grow a little bit. I'm like, I know. And so I was able to you know, talk to my kid. This, this girl, I'm telling you, she's amazing at her job. She's like really good at it. And she, I don't think she was going to let me buy any other fish. Like She was not going to let me walk out of there with any other kind of fish other than and the fish that she pointed out. And so I'm like, well, what if I, you know, believe the other guy, you know, yesterday more than I believe you? And she didn't like that too much. Um, and I swear, she wasn't going to let me go leave the store with the fish because she, she loved these things, man. She, she loved these fish. So she, I said, okay, all right, I'll, I'll, get, I'll get like four. I go, can I get four of these? And she was like, yeah, I guess you can. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, she, she goes, that's kind of a lot, but you, you, can get, you can get four. So we get four. We take them home. And, you know, we drop them in the tank, you know, and still in the bag because that's what you're supposed to do. We're trying to follow all the, all the rules, do what we're supposed to do. And, you know, they start, once we release them in the water, I could, you know, I could tell they're just like, maybe they're just not adjusting. Maybe they're just, they just don't look right, you know. And, and uh, it was just a few days, a couple days went by. And we literally were at our Bible study. We were having our, our Empower group at our house. And we were just wrapping it up at our Empower group on Monday night. And all of my kids come in the living room. And, and my daughter, Hannah, goes, my fish died. 
And we were like literally just talking too about like how they don't look good and we're not sure how long they're going to make it, but they're still holding on. And sure enough, right in that moment, they come out, my, my fish died. And so I had to take one of the fish out of there. And then the a second fish was like swimming upside down. I didn't think that that was, I'm like, this one does tricks. Like this is, look, like it can swim upside down. It's amazing. It's like on its back, you know swimming around and then it would go it would swim up to the you know to the filter and then it would push the water would push itself down I'm like this is cool look at kids you know and I know I know I'm sick and so I and so I'm like this is it inside I'm going this is this guy's not gonna make it sure enough within like five minutes that one didn't make it you know that one did I'm like oh my goodness oh my goodness so then a few days went by and I'm like these there's two now now I've got two out of four right and I'm like okay these you know these these they look like they're they're doing okay you know and one was eating the other one wasn't really eating so I'm like oh no this is going to be this is going to be bad sure enough friday I come home one of them just standing this like this I don't think they're supposed to stand I'm like maybe it's sleeping but it was straight up, straight up. I'm like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Like, I can't keep these things alive. As far as we know, the fourth one's still holding on at this moment, but you never know. Well, I'll keep you posted on that one. But here's the point. Our time is limited, isn't it? Like, all of us, we, we talk about fish, but we also, when we talk about people, our time is, sh is short, and we're never guaranteed another day. And we, hopefully we take care of ourselves and take care of our loved ones better than I take care of fish. Hopefully we do that. But here's the point. Our time is limited. And none of us are guaranteed another day. And all of us understand that. All of us know that how fragile life is. Especially if you're somebody sitting in this room who has experienced loss and has experienced that, that, that feeling of, of seeing a loved one you know, pass away and you just know that emotion and you think, man, how fragile is life? How fragile is, is, is our time that we have? And so that's why we need to have a much better Pay much more attention. We have to have a, a better perspective. So Moses, who we don't really associate Moses as writing a, a psalm, but he wrote a psalm. And Moses, I think, helps us gain perspective when it comes to our time and why we need to pay much closer attention to our time. And Moses gives us this, this perspective in Psalm 90. Now, why does Moses have perspective? Well, because I think that he had a full life. He lived 120 years. That's a long time, you know, 120 years. He saw a lot of different things in his life. He, he was a, grew up, you know, sort of privileged. You know, he grew up with prosperity you know he was adopted by pharaoh's daughter and brought into the into the palace and was treated like a prince and he so he had that kind of perspective on, on prosperity you know and, and and privilege and so he sort of you know spent some time in, in that in that lifestyle and he probably had some downtime you know when you have a lot of things and people their you know their their life is to serve you because he was a prince he probably had a lot of downtime to think about time to think about life and to have that kind of perspective then one day you know Moses was walking around and you know he saw his people being mistreated and he decided that he was going to take matters into his own hands and he killed an Egyptian and after he killed an Egyptian he was a wanted man and he ran he, he fled 
It says that he fled to a desert area called Midian and where he spent the next 40 years of his life as a shepherd. I mean, talk about a lot of downtime as a shepherd. And you wake up with the sheep, you take out the sheep to feed the sheep, you sit and watch the sheep, you bring the sheep you know, back into you know, the fold and, and you sleep and then you wake up and you do that again. He did that for 40 years. Talk about time. Talk about gaining perspective on things. And so he had some time to do that. Then God called Moses. Remember the burning bush story? We know God came, talked to Moses through, through, through a bush, and he said, Moses, I want you to go, and I want you to take, deliver my people out of captivity. Now God's calling Moses to a purpose, that God has a plan for Moses' life, and God was spending that time in, in, the, in, the, in the wilderness taking care of sheep to prepare him for that. And so Moses went and took the people out of, of Egypt. You know, all, you know the stories, the Sunday school stories, right? And then Moses led people out. And then for, the, for 40 years, imagine this, for 40 years, Moses and God's people just wandered around the wilderness. Just wandered around. And then they finally, after 40 years, show up to the edge of the promised land. And God tells Moses, Moses, you're, you can't go in. And Moses, only only thing he was allowed to do is see it. The only thing he was allowed to do is go up to a mountain and look in. He wasn't allowed to even go into the promised land. Talk about perspective. So Moses had a lot of time to think about life because that's what time is. Time is our life. And so Moses gives us this perspective. Here's what he says as as Moses writes this, this psalm in Psalm 90. He says, Lord... You have been our dwelling place in all generations. In other words, Lord, you have been our place of refuge. Lord, you've been our, we've resided in you in all generations, from all generations. Then he says this in verse two. Before the mountains were born or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So Moses is going, listen, here's the perspective that I want you to have when it comes to time. That your time is, fits into the perspective of everlasting, arrow going one way, and everlasting, arrow going another way. That your time and my time fit within that framework. Your time and my time fit within everlasting to everlasting, generation to generation to generation to generation to generation, you and I get a blip into that framework. You and I fit somewhere into everlasting to everlasting. That should give us a little bit of perspective on our time. And that's the framework that Moses wants us to see right off the bat. And he goes further into this. Look what, he, look what he says. Now, he's now saying, listen, within that framework of everlasting to everlasting, I want you to see, I want you to see that you have purpose. Because if God, if God wants you and gives you time, God gives you life, God fearfully and wonderfully made you unique, that God has a purpose for your existence. That you're not here randomly. You're not here on accident. You didn't wake up this morning because God just wasn't paying attention. You're here for a reason. God 
created you because he's got a purpose in mind for you. I want you to have that perspective, but I also want you to know that you have a purpose. That the time that you have that fits into everlasting, to everlasting, that God says, I placed him there. I placed her there so that they can know that they have a purpose. Regardless of how much time you have, you may only have 19 years. You may only have 35 years. You may only have 70 years. You may get 90 years. You may get 120 years like Moses did. But, but God says, listen, regardless of how much time you have, I want you to know that you have a purpose but yet you fit within a everlasting to everlasting framework but God has a purpose for you so Moses continues on we'll skip down to verse four here's what he says he says for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by or as he even takes it even smaller he says or as a watch in the night he says, listen, I want you to know that, that a watch in the night is, is like a three or four hour time period where soldiers would go and they would, st- they would be positioned or stationed them- themselves on a wall to, to watch guard for when the enemy comes in. He says, I want you to know that in God's framework, in God's context, God's perspective is a thousand years for God is like yesterday. It's like yesterday. A thousand years ago, that was like when the crusades were happening. That was like yesterday to God. Four hours ago was like, you know, when the medieval times were in our time frame. This is the framework in which God is working off of. And then he says this in verse five. He says, you have swept them away like a flood and they fall asleep or they perish or they are wiped away in the morning they are like grass with sprouts anew then he says let me elaborate on the grass in the morning it flourishes and sprouts anew towards the evening it fades and withers away he says listen I want you to understand something I want you to have a framework. I want you to have perspective. I want you to know, and James put it this way. James said this. He said, your life, your life is like a vapor. Your life is like a mist. Now, I'm supposed to have my fog machine working. Here we go. He's like, this is your life. That your life is just like this. You were, you were born You know, and and you were raised by a family, and eventually you went to school, and you graduated from high school, and you then you went to college, and you went some time, some time in college, and maybe you met somebody, and then you dated that certain person, and then you got engaged, and then and then you you know got married, and then sooner than you wanted, you had started having kids. 
And then you had kids and you're raising kids and you're taking kids here and you're taking kids there and you're taking kids all over the place and you know, you got, you know, you, you, like two is manageable, then you got four, I might, maybe I'm speaking to my own self, and, and you're like, I don't know how to get these kids anywhere. And then they're, they grow up and eventually they graduate and eventually they go off to college and then you, you're working a career this whole time and you're trying to make a living and then eventually you retire, you know, and you spend, you know, some years re in retirement. Some of you are the, in there in that time frame now. You retire and then you and then you eventually die. It happens that fast, doesn't it? It happens that fast. And some of you are sitting here going, "Yeah, I'm in that retirement phase." You're telling me, Pastor, that the next step for me is death. Sorry. But I'm just, that's the, that's the perspective. That Moses is saying, and just like James was saying, that it's just, it's, just, it's here and then it, it's, it's gone. And the framework for God is, yeah, for a thousand years, like a thousand years ago was like yesterday to me. A thousand years was like four hours ago for me. And you, 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 you fit even though your life is short. And again, however much time you have, and I know, I know I want to be as sensitive as I can here. I know that some of you, many of you wish that you had more time. All of us feel that way. But God's saying, and the scripture's saying, that you need to know that your life is just a vapor. You're here. You're like the grass that sprouts up in the morning. And then it, eventually by the evening, it's, it withers away. That in a blink, come on, Jack. <laughs> Jack, I, don't, I, I always pick on Jack. He's just old. You know, um, <laughs> I know, I'm killing him. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Jack, in a blink, he was, he was like... 40, and I'm old. I feel old compared to these guys. And in a blink, you're going to be old like me, and I'm going to make fun of you for looking old. Exactly. But then in the, in the, that's a reality, and you, I don't need to tell you this. You already know this, but I think it's important for us to be reminded that there's a perspective, but also to be reminded that God placed you here as quick as you have, that God placed you here with a purpose with a purpose anybody have a drunk drunk drawer anybody have like uh, something in your house yeah oh yeah apparently you do apparently you do a lot a lot of anybody you know we all have these you know these junk drawers you know and we all have these things like where we go and, and, and maybe maybe you you know you're different but but I know in my house like I walk around you know, and you got to do this, you know, and, and then you kind of open that drawer and you kind of try to look and you go, what, what is this for? Right? Anybody else? Anybody else have like a, a, a drawer or, or something of cords, you know, and you're like, what is this for? What is that? Why do we still have this? What is the purpose of this? And then maybe, 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 maybe you go, oh, that, that goes to 
this thing. And I, I do that commonly. I'm like, you know, a little OCD, you know, with, with my, in my house, you know, like I like things orderly. And, and I, if you want to see me like lose it, you know, just, just leave something you know, in disarray because I'll lose it. And my kids know that, right, Hannah? Yeah. And so I'll say, what is this? I'll find something. I'll say, what, what, is, what is this to? Maybe you, maybe you guys, maybe you guys have like one of these where you got like all these different kinds of bolts and screws. Anybody else? Any, any guys in here? Yeah, older. Maybe some older men. Yeah, I'm now. I'm just blowing, calling people old. All in this, in this. You ever have these? You you just have like random because why? 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 Because you want to know that maybe at some point or another you might need that. You might need that. You're like. And, and, you know, like 20 years ago, I used to just throw everything away. And now I'm starting to be a screw and bolt collector. You know what that's a sign of? I'm getting old. Or wiser. Or wiser. You know how that's, you know how that, what that and so what you do is you want to make sure whether it's a cord or whether it's a screw or a bolt or maybe you're, you know, kind of person that says you got like 25 remotes hanging around your house. You're like, Where, what is this remote to? What is the purpose? What is the purpose? And here's what God says. Here's what, what Moses is saying in Psalm 90. That God's eternal existence is the context that connects our temporal existence. In other words, you exist not to just be a random remote, but you exist to connect to a TV. That you exist not to just be a random cord, but you exist to connect to something so that it works properly and with its purpose. You exist. Are you with me? Are you following me? Because I got a hundred of these. You exist as a screw that's not just meant to just be in a bowl of screws, but you exist with the purpose of connecting or attaching to something. In our example, in our life, you exist with the purpose of connecting to an eternal God. Your purpose. Don't be a random cord without a purpose. Don't be a screw without something to attach to. Don't do it. That you exist, you're given time with a purpose. And the number one purpose is for you to connect with a, an eternal God who is from everlasting to everlasting. You're here. You, you, hear me. If you, get, if you didn't hear anything else today, you're here for a purpose. You exist for God and to connect with him. That's why you're here. And maybe you're hearing that and you're 17, 18 years old, and I hope that you know that you exist for a purpose. Maybe you're here and you're in your 50s. I just want you to know that you exist for a purpose. Maybe you're here and you're in your 90s like Jack. You exist for a purpose. That God's eternal existence is the context that connects us, our temporary existence, 
our temporary existence. I love the way that Eugene Peter, Peterson says it. I love it what he says in Ephesians chapter number one. He says, he thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. Verse 10. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in the deepest heavens, everything on planet Earth. He says in verse 11, he says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. In everlasting to everlasting, he had his eye on you. Within the perspective of of an eternal God, he had his eye on you. Had designs on us for glorious living. Part of an overall purpose he is working out in everything and Every one. Wow. God's got a plan for you. God's got a purpose for you. But your your time is limited. Your time is short. So let's get on with it. What do you say? Let's figure out, what God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you have for me to do? God, what did you make me for? Because God had his eye on you, and he placed you in the, in the framework of everlasting to everlasting. So he's, he's going, listen, listen, come on. I've got a glorious plan and purpose for you. Back to Moses. Moses says in verse 10, he says this. And here's what Moses says. Now, this is important. Now, this is important because we're talking about drift, right? We're talking about drift. Moses is saying this is what happens to a life that has drifted, a life without a purpose, a life that, you know, you don't really know why you exist, a life that, you know, you're not really sure about what to do with your time that God has given you. And so Moses is sort of painting us this this picture of a life that is adrift, a life that hasn't realized that they're connected to an eternal God, that God has placed them within the timeline of everlasting to everlasting. And so here's what Moses says about somebody's life who is drifting. He says, as for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years, yet, here's what he, look what he says, yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Now, Moses is going, listen, here's what will happen to you if you're not paying attention to the time, to the limited time that God has given you. Here's what will happen. Your pride, in other words, that word, that word pride means your story. Your, your story will be full of labor and sorrow. That your existence, when it's all said and done, will be, you'll be known for how much you worked, 
that was unfulfilling and how much sorrow you experienced that was unbearable. And we live, we know that we live in that life, don't we? We live in a world of, of labor and sorrow. And our labor is, if we're honest with ourselves, our labor is, it's unfulfilling. And our sorrow is unbearable. And so Moses is telling us, listen, don't let your story, don't let that be your pride. Don't let that be your story. That your story is so much bigger than what you do and how you feel on a day-to-day basis. Your story is so much bigger than that. Don't let 70 years or 80 years soon go by and eventually you fly away, which is his description, right? right? And we, we know that old hymn, right? He says, I don't let that be your story. And so he tells us this. We need to, so that it's not our story, so that we're not adrift, we need to have priorities. We need to look at our life and have priorities. Isn't that what we're always reminded of when a loved one passes away? Isn't it? Aren't we always reminded when a loved one is going through an issue or a health issue and you're not sure how much time you're gonna have left with them? Isn't, don't you discover what is most important in our lives? Sure, are you with me? Yes, of course. And Moses is telling us, listen, I want you to know that your life has purpose, but I want you to know that in that time that you have, you need to reorder your priorities. And so he says this, verse 11. Here's where he starts. Who understands implication? There's something that you need to understand. Implication, there's something that you need to pay attention to or you're gonna miss something important. There's something that you need to know, he's telling us. You need to know something about life and here's what he, where he goes with this. He says, who understands? In other words, you need to know this. You understands the power of your anger and your fury according to the fear that is due you. Boy, you weren't ready for that one, were you? Well, that one's heavy, isn't it? He's saying, listen, here's what you need to understand. You need to understand that the power of God's anger, and I know we don't like to talk about that, the power of God's fury, I know we don't like to talk about that, according to the fear that is due you. In other words, and that's sort of a weird structure of a sentence. Here's what he's saying. Here's what he's saying. If we knew God as he is, we would give him the reverence he is due. That's what he's saying. If we knew God as he is, we would give him the reverence he is due. So within our conversation, if we understood the glory of God, we would pay much closer attention to the time he's given. If you saw God for who God really is, you would pay much closer attention to the limited time that God has given you. And you and I would reprioritize our life if we saw God. If anybody gets this, it's Moses. 
If anybody understands this concept, it's Moses. And that's probably why he put it in there. Because Moses, when God was using Moses to take God's people out of, out of captivity, out of Egypt, it was uncertain in Moses' mind whether God was with that, God was for that, and God was going to go with them. You remember this story? And Moses said, you know, Moses said, God, if you're not going with me, I'm not going. God, if you're not in this, I'm not doing this. God, if this isn't your will, I don't want to have anything to do with this. And God told Moses, God said, listen, Moses, I'm going ahead of you. I'm going before you. In other words, I'm with you. And Moses was so excited, and so should you. Moses was so excited that God was going with him that he asked an audacious question. Moses said, God, you're going with us? Awesome. God, you're before us? Amazing. God, and here's what he asked. God, show us or show me your glory. And God had to have chuckled. It doesn't tell us that God chuckled. But God's response to Moses after Moses said, God, show me your glory. God's response to Moses is, if I showed you all of my glory, you wouldn't survive it. I am so glorious, you wouldn't live through it. And God says, what I'll do is I'll pass by you, but I'll use my hand to cover over you to protect you from me of how glorious I am. And God passed over Moses, holding his hand over Moses. It had to have been the most terrifying experience of Moses' life as God Almighty, creator and sustainer of everything, passed over Moses. And Moses realized right then and there, I'm sure, if we just understood the glory of God, we would pay much closer attention to the time he has given me. When God Almighty became flesh and he went by the name of Jesus, in the time that Jesus was arrested, there were some guards that came to arrest him. And when they showed up in the garden to arrest him, one of the guards says, says, are you Jesus of Nazareth? And Jesus' response was, I am he. And when he said, I am he, which by the way, was the same response to Moses when Moses told God, well, who should I tell them sent me? And Moses said, or God said to Moses, tell them I am who I am, am sending you. In other words, I am the self-existent one. I am the authority. I am in charge. I am superior over any thing else you tell them that I am who I am sent you and so when Jesus showed up and he said the words I am he some of his glory came out and it knocked the soldiers on their behinds and I don't know if Jesus would have done this in that moment but he probably went like oh sorry I let a little bit of glory out and it floored you if we just saw God for who he is, you know what happened to you? You would pay much closer attention to the time that God has given you 
and he's placed you on the scale of everlasting to everlasting. And soon, you're gonna be wiped away. Soon, some of you are gonna fly away to glory. I'll fly away, oh glory, I'll fly away. Yeah, I don't have time for that. He's going, come on. You got to have perspective. You got to know that you have a purpose, but you got to prioritize things. What's most important in your life? Where are you spending your time doing? Where are you at? Are you working too much? Are you trying to get that over time? I get it. I get it. You got bills to pay and you got things to take care of and you got a lifestyle to keep up. But listen, you're neglecting the things that are most important. And we got to ask ourselves, how are we doing with our time? What are we doing with our time? How are we prioritizing things? Where are we spending the most time? What are the things that we've neglected? What are the things that we've sort of put on the back burner? We've just gone about our lives and we're just sort of drifting along in our lives, trying to find meaning and trying to find purpose. And God all the while is going, listen, I'm right here. Connect with me. Engage with me and you will find a glorious purpose because that's why you exist. Don't be like a cord that's not connected. God says, come on, you can connect with me and I'll show you a purpose. But you, you and I, we've got to reprioritize some things. We got to put some things back in order again and make the time, the limited time that you have and use it for the one who created you. God says, come on, connect with me. So Moses' prayer is our prayer as we wrap up. Moses' prayer is our prayer. Look what he says in verse 12. So teach us to number our days. God, God, this is Moses' prayer, and I hope this is your prayer. God, teach me to number my days. Teach me to number my days. In, in other words, in other words, Lord, help me to know, help me to remember, or help me understand that my days are numbered or that I live on limited time, that I have limited time. And we understand what it looks like to number our days. You know how you count down to an anniversary or you count down, remember that wedding day, you counted down to the days that you were gonna get married or maybe you count down to a birthday. My kids count down to Christmas. Your kids do that. You, you're, what are you doing? You're numbering the days till you know that that day is coming. That day is happening. So he's saying, listen, you need to live as if you know that your days are numbered. That there is eventually gonna be a day that is gonna be your end on the timeline of everlasting to everlasting. So he's telling you and he's telling me, we need to number our days. We need to live as if our days are numbered. So that, and he's thinking about our passing. 
so that, so that we can present to you a heart of wisdom. Listen, that day is coming for every single one of us that we're going to have to present our heart. Remember, what is, where is our attention in the Hebrew? Our attention is what we set our heart to. And remember what it says in Proverbs 4, if you were here with us, Proverbs 4 tells about that the, that the heart is what sets the course of our life. And so one day, one day, one day, all of us, all of us, I, you need to know this, that one day and, and one day soon, you're going to stand before the Almighty and you're going to be in all of that glory. And you're going to present what? What are you going to present? Work ethic? What are you going to present? A better golf swing? A nice fishing rod? Some boat keys? A nice suntan? What are you going to present? You're going to present greed? You're going to present pride? You're going to present self-centeredness? You're going to present anger? Are you going to present lust? What are you going to present? Because all of us are going to stand before God and we're going to have to present something. And we're going to show ourselves for who we really are. We're going to open up our heart and God's already going to know. He's already going to know. And we're, what are we going to present him? And Moses is saying, come on, come on. Prioritize, know that you have a purpose, see the perspective, and I want you to present when you pass on, when you fly away. I want you to present a heart of wisdom. Wisdom. Paul said it this way. Ephesians, if you can go to Ephesians 1, Ephesians 5. Paul said it this way. There it is. For this reason, it says, awake, sleeper. In other words, quit drifting off. Wake up. Hey, wake up. And I'm looking at myself. Wake up. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. If you wake up, Christ will shine on you. And then he goes on. Look what he says next. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. Then look what he says, verse 16, next verse. Making the most of your what? Making the most of your what? Because the days are evil. In other words, if you're not making the most of your time, you're gonna be neglecting some things that are most important. Why? Because we live in an evil world. We live in a world that's broken. And if we neglect things that are most important, they're, they're, they're gonna decay. They're gonna deteriorate. Come on, we, we live in a world that's full of labor and sorrow. Why add more labor? Why add more sorrow to your life? Because the days are evil. That's the world that we live in. She says, listen, listen, listen. Wake up. Wake up to what's most important with the limited time that you have. Make the most of it with the limited time you have. Because the days are evil. Because life has its struggles. But don't live, don't walk through this life with the struggles that, that it has and the challenges that it already has. Don't walk through this life without knowing that you were created with a purpose. That God placed you here for a reason to 
be a part of his plan. Wake up. You're drifting off. Wake up. Wake up. You're here for him. Nothing else. No one else. So my questions are this. Just just something for us to take away. Our questions are this. Is something and or someone stealing the time you spend? Is there something or someone stealing the time that you spend? Are they robbing you of of your time? And we have to look at some things. We need to pay attention more. What do we have to pay attention to more? What is something that we need to increase? What is something that we need to pay attention to when it comes to our time? What do we need to give more to? Or what do we need to pay attention to less? What do we need to pay attention to less? What do we need to put up, to put to aside for a while? What do we need to stop doing, you know, for a while? What do we need to pay attention to less? What do we need to pay attention to none? What do you need to stop paying attention to? Because it's causing you and I to drift away. It's causing you and I to drift away. What are you paying attention to? What do you need to give more attention to? Less attention to? No attention to it. Because you're drifting and you're falling asleep on the glory of God. You need to see him for who he is. He's glorious and he's got a plan and a purpose for you. Wow. How amazing is that life? It's not too late for you. It's not too late for you. Father, just another breath is because of your grace and kindness. Another hour, another day is just because of you've allowed it. God, you placed us here on this planet to be a part of and to join with you on something much bigger than us. God, I pray that we continue to want to learn that and to understand that our days are numbered. That soon it will be gone and soon we will fly away. Soon we will be wiped away. So God, help us to make the most, make the best of our time that we have. And some things in our life, some things we need to do less of. And some things we need to do more of. And some things we need to just stop doing altogether because it's just wasting, stealing precious, valuable time that we have. God, thank you for the perspective that you gave to Moses and to all of us. Seeing you for who you are, it will help us pay much closer attention to the time that we have. I pray this in Jesus' precious, holy, glorious name. Amen. If you need prayer, I'm here. If you need prayer, I'm here. God bless you. Hope to see you tonight. Hope to see you back here tonight. That's worth your time, just so you know.